Here we go. Welcome to Jets Rewind. This is Marty Shupak from Valley Cottage, New York. It is Thursday evening, and it is September 10th, and we're joined by Ray Clifford from Marysville, Ohio, and Ralph Sharega, who's up in New Hampshire again. How are you guys doing? Good. I'm doing Ralph. great. I'm from beautiful downtown New Hampshire. Excellent. Well, Ralph, believe it or not, I was in New Hampshire today, too, and I'll tell you more yeah, about I that. Why, why is that not surprise me? Yeah, I was, believe it or not. But anyway, we got guys, we got a lot to talk about. I mean, the, the season is upon us. But, of course, we're going to start out with Ralph's classic trivia question. And hopefully, Marty will remember that we have to answer it by the end of the show. So go yeah, ahead. That's the fun of it. That's the big question. I know. That's what you guys like. Okay, an appropriate <laughs> question. In the 60 years the Jets have been in existence, how many years have they made the playoffs? And as a second question, of the original eight teams, plus Dallas and Minnesota, who came in the league the same time, where do the Jets stand as far as making the playoffs? Okay? What, say the second part again. Well, of the original eight AFL teams, right. you can add Minnesota and Dallas because they came in the same year. Uh, I think Minnesota was 61. Out of those 10 teams, where do the Jets place as far as – a number of playoff appearances. I don't know if I understand it, but I wrote it down. <laughs> Do you get it, Ray? Yeah, I got you. Okay, good. At least one of us. Uh, I won't get one. either of them right, but I got it. <laughs> anyway, let me do a little <clears throat> house cleaning today right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I'm not going to go through the whole list because it's ridiculous. Their, their injury list is, uh, I don't know which is longer, their injury list or the New York Yankees. But anyway, um, Players who didn't practice today, Avery Williamson, Frank Gore. Frank Gore got – they called it a veteran rest day. LaMichael Pirine and uh, Marcus May. Limited practice was uh, Denzel Mims. And apparently his injury now is listed. And uh, keep in mind, uh, guys, that he practiced fully yesterday, but he was limited. They list his injury as hamstrings with an S. Okay. Uh, Marcus May, they list as an ankle injury. That's in addition to a calf injury. That's a surprise, and it affects one of the topics I was going to talk about later. A little bit of good news was um, Perryman, uh, he had a full practice, and afterwards he said there's no excuses. His knee is 100%, and the injury that he had was different than previous injuries. And he was trying to make it sound like that's good. I don't know if that's good or bad. I couldn't really understand it. Uh, this Denzel Mims, I think he's got to contact um, um, Aaron Judge of the Yankees and um, and uh, Giancarlo Stanton because I think those three have a lot in common. They probably will get along well. Uh, but anyway, let's just quickly go into it. We're not going to go position by position. But um, when you look at the rosters, I mean, it's like night and day talent-wise where uh, the Bills, uh, they have Ed Oliver uh, and the line, they have Jerry Hughes. Uh, they got, uh, I guess, Tremaine Edwards is a rookie. Um, they have um, uh, Mika Hyde, uh, Tavarius White. And I'll be honest with you guys, if it was me, what I would do if Josh Norman is starting, I would attack that guy because I don't think he has a lot left in the tank. Ray, if you were Gase, how would you approach this game offensively? Well, um, 
first they, you know, they've got to figure out if this line is going to hold up, but I'd like to see them try and establish something in the way of a ground game, but I think it's going to come down to their short passing. Um, and if they can protect Darnold, I think we got a shot to be able to move the ball on them between uh, throwing to the running backs and throwing to uh, Crowder a lot, maybe even Berrios or, or somebody else too on some shorter routes and then take a shot deep. But I think they've got a, hopefully the offensive line is a little better and they can establish some kind of a running game so that it's, so that they're not one dimensional and then they can go from there. Ralph, what what are your thoughts? Play um, offensive coordinator for a couple of minutes. You know, I mean, uh, I'm a a Lombardi guy. It's all about execution. I mean, if their offensive line functions, things will work. I mean, I think it's just that simple. Turn up the volume a little bit, Ralph, if you can. Go ahead. All right. You you sound good now. Go ahead. Really? I do? (laughs) Yeah. All right. So, so, well, uh, well, let me just give you my thoughts, too. Um, we all know the wide receiver situation. Uh, I would start with maybe a um, couple of tight ends. I have a feeling that McDermott is going to play like a, uh, eight guys, maybe nine in the box. He knows the wide receiver situation. He's going to force Sam to throw downfield. I agree with Ray. I like the idea of some quick throws to Crowder. Uh to the tight end, Herndon, and I'm not sure who's going to start, uh, who's next in line, Griffin or Wesco. I, I kind of like Wesco. And um, I would put um, Bell in the backfield and maybe have him go out in motion. But I think they have to start with a lot of quick passes because they don't really know what they have with this offensive line. And I think they have to do it that way and go, by, go from there. Ralph, any other thoughts on that? No, I think uh, the offensive line is everything in this game. And then early in the season for this team, it's good. It, it, you know, that's going to be the telling point on how good this team is this year. So we're going to find out pretty quickly. My feeling is that, I don't know, I, I, I'm sure fans from a lot of teams feel that way, but I don't feel like their Jets are ready to play football yet. You know, they, they had so many injuries. They had so many uh, changes in personnel. You, you just feel like because of the COVID Thing, uh, that they really haven't had a chance to really uh, get play together enough. So I, I, I don't feel really comfortable about this game, but I feel like the team will get better as the year goes on. Well, that's what we were saying all along, that um, out of all the teams the NFL, I think they had the biggest turnover on the offensive line. And we all know that it takes time. And I heard Connor McGovern this week on FAN and, you know, I try to be positive, but this guy's Mr. Positive, if you heard him. He says it's not going to be a problem. They should do fine and, and this and that. Now, let's go to the other side of the ball. Ray, I have my own game plan if I am Greg Williams. How do you think he should approach it uh, going against their offense um, with uh, uh, Josh Rosen? I'm sorry, Allen. not Josh Rosen. Josh Allen. Josh Allen, yeah. And keep in mind, he's got – um, Stefan Diggs, he's got Cole Be- uh, Beasley, and he's got Devin Singletary in the backfield. Well, I think that uh, – He also has his, John Brown too, by the way. I'm sorry. He, I think from his standpoint, he's got to shut down something. And, and if he can keep the – the running back kind of ran on us a bit last year in the second half 
of that first game, um, and I can't think of his name, but um, he, Singletary. It was Singletary. Yeah. Yes. He uh, he made a difference too in that in that first game in the second half. Uh, they can't let him have you know, have it both ways. They can't be able to run and then let Josh Allen take off running and then be able to throw as well with Diggs. They've got the deep threat. Um, and Beasley's their, their short, uh, short intermediate guy. So they, they've got a pretty complete offense. So he's got to try and shut something down. And I would, I would think shutting down the running game would be a, a good start. Put them in longer uh, second, third downs so that they aren't just, you know, going for where they have an option of running it or throwing to get a first down every time. Ralph, so I think he's got to stop the run game. Yeah. Ralph, do you think it's better if they try to flush um, Josh Allen out of the pocket or keep him in the pocket? No, I think he's more dangerous out of the pocket. I would definitely contain him, uh, and uh, he'll make mistakes in the pocket. But as far as uh, stopping the run goes, if the Jets can't stop the run, they're in trouble because that was really the strength of their whole team last year, their, their rushing defense. I feel pretty good about it. You know, I think they have pretty much – well, they have the same front line as last year. I mean, uh, Williams and Fata Casey and McClendon and Henry Anderson. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 think, uh, I think they're going to stop the running game relatively uh, effectively. I think it's a matter of keeping Josh Allen from making plays outside the pocket. And Josh Allen, uh, for everything, and he took him to the playoffs, his weakness was his accuracy, according to everyone, and he made some bad decisions. I'm wondering, guys, on third down plays, could they put – Josh Allen is what, Ralph, 6'5"? Yeah, and big, 240. He's a big boy. How about this creative idea? On third down plays, put Mekhi Becton in there. <laughs> and nose tackle, so he has to throw over it. Oh, no, I thought you were going to say put him in as the offensive tackle for Josh <laughs> Allen and hope that he's bad. No, 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 no. All right, but anyway, let's get to a, a prediction, and then we're going to move on. We're going to talk a, a little bit history and um, some other things. So let's start with uh, Ray. Give us your prediction, and who do you think is going to be the star of the game? Well, I'd like to be a homer and say that we're going to pay him back for last year. And I think we could, but I don't think we will. I, I'm, I just think they've got too complete of a team and it's too early in the year for us to, to be able to stay with them. And I, I, I'm saying Buffalo 23 to 10 because uh, until that offensive line, I'm convinced they can protect Sam. I think we're going to have trouble scoring very much. So. Wow. I think it's going to be uh, something that if we're going to have a chance, it's going to be a low-scoring game. I don't, I don't think we can get in any kind of a Well, shoot. Ray, the, the bad news is this is your last show after that prediction. You're not, a, you're not allowed <laughs> back anymore. But if I'm right. <laughs> I, no, as long as you're honest. You know, as long as you're honest. And by the I, way, uh, Ralph, the, the Islanders, you know, um, they're down – Two nothing in uh, in games, and this is really distressing. Okay, I know. Uh, well, they have them right where they want them. Um, <laughs> yeah, Ralph. Okay, what what's your uh, prediction? Well, 
after what you said about Ray, I'm going Jets 56 to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph, you're going to have your own show for now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, get a, I'll, I'll get more listeners from Jets yeah. fans. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like thinking Ray. I think it'll be a closer game, like 20 to 17. But, uh, you know, until I see the offensive line, I'm not ready. I'm not, a, I'm not a huge Buffalo fan. I think they're a little overrated. I think they had a really weak schedule last year. The only decent team they beat in the regular season was Tennessee, and that was early in the year before they were that good. So I just think the Jets aren't ready yet. You know, it's funny, Ralph. You, you even said that last year to me, which was very, very interesting. Um, do you think McDermott's a good coach? I, I think he's – yeah, I think he is good, but I, I don't think the team is, is, is as far along as people think it is yet. Okay, here, I'm going to go – Jets are going to win 19-14, to 14, and the starting game is going to be Ashton Davis. He's going to have two interceptions. He's going to return one for a touchdown. Just one? Yeah, and LeMichael Pirine is going to rush for over 100 yards, though he's not going to get into the end zone. Well, I didn't even think he was going to get into the game with his injury. Maybe no, I think he'll get it. I think he'll be okay. So that's oh. my prediction. And while we're talking about that, I just want to bring something up. Guys, I don't know how you feel, but if Adam Gase is going to throw Frank Gore, nothing against Frank Gore, down our throat, starting him and giving him more reps than uh, Le'Veon Bell, I I'm going to be sick. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care how good he looks in preseason. It doesn't work with these old guys. I've seen it year after year after year. These old guys will wear down as the season goes on. I just hope that he's fair and he thinks in terms of the team and not just his own uh, personal bias. So, I, Ralph, any thoughts on that? I, I, that would really surprise me. I, I mean, I'm not expecting that. that. That's one of my least concerns going into this game. Okay, good. Ray? Uh, no, I don't think he's going to play Gore that much. I, I think he's going to get him in there, definitely. And I think maybe he's uh, – <clears throat> I think maybe he's thinking Gore can help us with uh, with uh, uh, playing against Buffalo since he was there. Um, so maybe he has some insight and can help our team a little. But I can't see him using Gore more than more than uh, Bell. I okay. Just don't see it Let's uh, – Turned a little bit of uh, history. Uh, as you guys know, the Buffalo Bills were one of the original teams in the AFL. Uh, they have a, some strong history. And um, we had actually a quarterback became a U.S. senator. It was Kemp, right? What was his first name, Ray? Jack. Jackie Jack Kemp. Kemp. Yeah, conservative, a good friend of Ronald Reagan. And um, – he died prematurely. But Ralph, do you remember Jack Kemp, what type of quarterback he was? I remember him very well. He was a smart quarterback, and he – I think he came into the league with uh, San Houston, Diego. maybe. San Diego. And San Diego. And, and yeah. he, he was in a lot of championship games. And then they, 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 they traded him to Buffalo, and he, got, he won two straight, and then they lost to Kansas City. Very, very capable quarterback. <laughs> um, you know, as far as the U.S. Senator goes, well, we'll leave that for another show. But, uh, Cookie Gilchrist was in the Bills. Yeah, Cookie Gilchrist yeah. one of the better AFL running backs of all yeah. time. Yeah. I remember that. Okay, now we're going to – Ray, you're going to start. We're going to pick um, two Buffalo Bills in history, and I think we're going to overlap like we do in a lot of things, who have given the Jets fits. 
they're um, forever and ever. So, Ray, why don't you start out? Give us both of yours. Okay, real quick, Marty. Who did you have picked for the Jets to, of the rookies that was going to get his first uh, his first snap of the three rookies? Was that <laughs> was that P. Ryan? Ralph, here we go. We gotta... <laughs> <laughs> uh, no wonder you thought he'd have a hundred yards. <laughs> anyway, Kai Becton. I think all, that list, all three of those guys. I don't think they're going to get a snap the first game the way it's working out. Yeah, I think my guy will. Joe Mims. Yeah, he's going to be player of the game. Yeah. I hope so. All right. Anyway. All right. Well, the short-term guys that I would have said who always kill us was LaShawn McCoy and, and Marshawn Lynch, but they didn't – I don't think had enough time. I went to the years of the Kelly years, and I said Thurman Thomas on offense, and then Bruce Smith, part of that defense, was always tearing us apart. Thurman Thomas – didn't destroy us the way LaShawn McCoy seems to every time he plays us, but he had pretty much solid games every every time we played for about five straight years. Uh, Bruce Smith, he was just, you know, always causing havoc in the backfield, and he was solid against the run. Good picks. Ralph, who are your picks? Well, I'm going to go further back. It's for defense, I'm going to go with a guy, Marty. This is an honor of you, Butch uh, 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 Bird. What's his name? Uh, who was a defensive back from BU back in the 60s. He, he had at least one pick six against Namath, and uh, he, was a, he was a very, very good football player, second-team All-AFL. And uh, offense, I'm going to go with Simpson. I, I saw him t- take apart the Jets a few times actually in person. So, uh, you know, all, all, uh, nothing personal uh, about it. It's just O.J. Talking about O.J., uh... Guys, do you ever notice whenever they show OJ's uh, football highlights, it's like 95% of the clips are against the Jets. <laughs> and the, and yeah. the, the most popular clip is the one where it's snowing and he gets, what, his 2,000th yard. So, the, Ralph, th- those are good picks. Um, just to, Ray brought up a good point. And, uh, Ray, you know, I want to talk about Adam Gase, too, because uh, I was thinking about <laughs> what you said last week. <laughs> All right. Um, but anyway, um, Marshawn Lynch, I just want to bring out a point because he wasn't with him that long. But I remember, and Ray and I discussed this, Ralph, off the air. I remember him carrying Kerry Rhodes like 15 yards on his back downfield. I don't know if you remember that. I remember him carrying about seven jets, seven about five yards down the, <laughs> to the goal line. Yeah. And, you know, it made me feel good when he went to Seattle and started yeah. doing that against other teams. I was thinking, well, maybe the Jets aren't that bad. I, I wonder if any uh, Seahawks fans sent uh, Pete Carroll some of those clips of him carrying the seven Jets, you know? Just <laughs> <laughs> seven Jets. That, that, wasn't that uh, commercial uh, with Bake Turner? and uh... Four Jets, that's right. <laughs> All right, anyway, here are my picks. And I just want to um, – Read a couple of things. One thing from November 1987 to November 1997, the Jets went three and 18 against the Buffalo Bills. Included in that streak was a 10-game losing streak. Yep. Now, all right, this is who I picked. I picked two players. I picked Andre Reed. To me, this guy. Whenever he played the Jets, he got every freaking third down pass. It was unbelievable. And I looked up one game, and I just picked one out out of the blue. On October 17, 1988, 
The Bills beat the Jets 37-14 at the Meadowlands. Reed had seven receptions for 132 yards, two, two TDs, one of which was 65 yards. What was incredible about that game, though, 37-14, uh, Jim Kelly, he only had 16 completions. I, I just found, like, Andre Reed, to me, he was such a big jet killer. Uh, in addition, I agree with uh, Ray. Bruce Smith was just unbelievable. He was just a, a, a jet killer. And I looked up his uh, sack record. I'm going to go the top uh, five teams that he had the most sacks against. Number five is the Titans. He had 12. Dolphins, 15. The Pats, 21. Colts, 25. The Jets, 31. Ken O'Brien... He was sacked like you wouldn't believe. I'm going to go through the top three quarterbacks who were sacked by him. And, Ray, you remember probably all those sacks. Yeah. Marino was third at nine and a half. Bledsoe was second at 12 and a half. And O'Brien was first at 17 and a half sacks. Well, you know, Marty, uh, yeah, yeah. At his, uh, when he was uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame, he thanked Ken O'Brien for getting him. <laughs> Ken O'Brien, I was reading a quote. He just said, uh, his quote is, I guess I got him where he is today. Then he said he was such a freak. He was explosive, quick off the ball, strong, quick with his hands. If you didn't double-team him, he made the tackle. And uh, Bledsoe said the same thing. He was just, like, unbelievable. And in 1990, I just picked one of his better years, uh, he had 19 sacks, 101 tackles, and four forced fumbles. He was an unbelievable player, and he was, he was kind of old-school uh, Ralph and Ray, going back to the old days, I just thought he was an incredible football player and a great Jet um, killer. Okay, any more thoughts on those guys? That's enough thoughts for me. I already got a headache thinking about them. Okay, I'm surprised it was only 17 and a half that he had on O'Brien. I would have thought it would have been about 25. Of them. Well, considering how short O'Brien's career was, if he had a career length of Marino's, you'd have about 100. Yeah. O'Brien had such a slow release. I mean, being his <laughs> slow release. Oh my God! He never got rid of the ball. <laughs> Remember Mike Hickey, oh. the uh, Jet player personnel, his famous quote. He said O'Brien had better downfield vision than Marino. That's why he picked him. Unfortunately, he had the vision, but he uh, he couldn't get rid of the ball. So that was the bad news. Ralph, I always ask you this question. You ready? Here, here we go. I'll ask you again. Uh oh. You had a choice. Who would you rather have? The Jets had Marino or the Knicks had Larry Bird? Oh, wow. Jeez. <laughs> you know, I'd probably say the Knicks having Larry Bird. Because, really? Yeah, because in basketball, Larry Bird would have made them a great team. Marino, you know, if the Jets were still the Jets, they probably wouldn't have been that great because, you know, they had a crappy offensive line. So, but, uh, I, yeah. Okay, there we go. Ray, I know you weren't much of a basketball fan, were you? Oh, I love the Knicks. Okay, so who would you have rather had? I'm still a football fan first, though. I, would, I wanted – that still kills me. Just, I read a, another thing, uh, an article on the internet today that the Jets – and they went over the, the 20 worst moves and things, and they talked about Don Shula floated out a story that Marino liked to party, and that's why they passed on him. And then he picks three picks later. <laughs> well, that was it's just unbelievable. You know, they, 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 you hear this all the time. I don't know <laughs> if it's urban legend. I heard that with uh, 
Tannenbaum that the Patriots leaked out that they were going to take Vernon Golston. Yeah. So we jumped at it. You know, it, it's like every year it's one disaster after the other. I remember Ronnie Lott, the Jet doctor, said he'll, his knee would never last the NFL. So that's yeah. why they passed on him. Well, who was jumping up to steal Hackenberg that we needed? <laughs> oh, I know. It was it's just that the Patriots too. <laughs> it's just it's just unbelievable. All right. I got a question for you guys before we get into um the uh Super Bowl prediction. Just so you guys know before I get into the question, uh Manish Mehta, the rider, jet rider for the Daily News, <clears throat> did lose his NFL um uh whatever you call it. Credentials. 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 And he's still writing for the Daily News. But the reason I know this, because Joe Douglas was on FAN, they came out and they asked him the question, uh, Boomer and his uh, uh, co-host, and he just sidestepped it. So something is up there. Again, uh, I I don't want to get this into any sort of political show, but I just, he goes over the edge sometime, but I like him. I hope he gets his credentials back. And I hope he's uh, writing for the for uh, about the Jets this year. And I know him and Adam Gase can't stand each other, so I hope that works out. <laughs> well, I, I, I think uh, the reason he, he lost his credentials is because when they asked him where they, he gets his sources, he cited uh, Jets Rewind. <laughs> <laughs> so, Marty, you're losing yours, too. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny, Ray. We used to think, Ralph, when we first – our first round of these podcasts – we swore that Belichick was watching it because he was taking everything that we said, and so was uh, one of the Jet beat writers. I won't mention his name. Do you remember that, Ralph? Yeah, basically Belichick said, whatever those guys say, I'll do the opposite. And, uh... <laughs> That's it. All right, but anyway, here's a question for you both, and I'll start with Ralph because it's been going around, and one of the reasons Joe Douglas was on FAN this week was, of course, to build up his team to uh, try to convince everyone that they're going to be a surprise team this year. But a lot of people are saying that the Jets are just punting on the season. Um, Ralph, do you think that there's any way that they are uh, punting on the season? They have like $30 in cap room, third most in the NFL. What's your feeling on that, Ralph? I I think he's – He's not going out of his way. He doesn't feel like he's a few players away, so he's not going to spend it on a clown or the guy from Jacksonville. I don't know if you say that's punting. I think I think he wants the team to play well. He wants Darnold to progress, but uh, I, I don't I don't think he's I don't think he's going out of his way to uh, fill the team with players with a uh, who have big contracts to try and squeeze out a few more wins. No, no, I don't. How about you, Ray? What's your feeling? No, I don't think they're. I don't think they're doing a tank for Tua thing, which uh, they claimed Miami was doing, and I think they were. But um, I do think he's being smart about it, though, and just I think he's clearing space so he can make moves down the road or sign guys he needs to. But I it, this doesn't feel like a fire sale or anything. I think it's just making smart uh, cap clearing and and doing some smart moves to uh, you know just prepare for down the road a little bit okay all right uh you know i'm gonna go with you guys i think you're both right and uh uh, i think he's going about it the right way i think i I would have liked to uh sign jamal adams he got draft capital but as we said it's uh kind of reduced in value because of the college football season 
Um, so I kind of agree. All right. Question. If you had to pick one jet on offense and one on defense to make uh, all pro or is it the pro ball? Which is the, the right ball? Pro ball. Let's do the, yeah, the pro ball. They don't got anyone making yeah, all the, pro. Yeah. <laughs> who, who, who would it be? Ralph, you start. I'll say Crowder and Fadokese. Okay. Good picks. All right. Uh, Ray? I went Crowder and I, I don't know if anybody on D. I went with Quinn and Williams. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you what I did, and this is before I read the injury report. I went with Marcus May. I think he's going to really have a good season as long as he's healthy. And um, I'm going all out. I'm picking Sam Darnold. I'm going all out on this. I, I'm, I'm saying that, you know, we were all right. He's going to make everything better, every player better, every coach better. And he's going to be like – he's 23, but he has two years' experience. He's going to be like another coach on the field. So, I'm going to – those are my two picks, Sam Darnold and Marcus May, uh, to make the Pro Bowl. All right, let's go through our Super Bowl uh, predictions. What two teams are going to be in there? Ralph, let's start with you. All right, I'm going to go uh, a little uh, little offbeat. I'm going to go with the Indianapolis Colts against the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks are going to win it, and Jamal Adams is going to be the MVP of the Super Bowl and also Defensive Player of the Year. And they'll have the 32nd pick, so <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a triple whammy for the Jets. Okay, Ray? All right, well, I'm going a little off, too, but I think San Fran will get back there. I think they're going to be motivated, and they've made some moves that uh, keeps them strengthened. But in the uh, AFC, I'm going with uh, – the Brownies, and I just have a feeling they're going to have a team that they thought they were going to have last year with this new coordinator, and uh, I think they've added some uh, some talent to an already talented defense, and they're going to be tough to stop. Uh, I kind of think my prediction is that we're going to have a repeat of last year's Super Bowl. I think it's going to be the 49ers in Kansas City. I think it's going to be Kansas City's going to be on top again. And uh, this is the era for uh, Pat Mahomes. And I, I think they're setting that team up. If you see everything they're doing, uh, guys are sacrificing this, that, and whatever so they could build some sort of small dynasty. So I'm going to take the, uh, the Chiefs over the 49ers. And, Marty, you, you know, if that happens, I think it will be the first time ever that the Super Bowl matchup was the same two years in a row, so it's a real long shot. It's a long shot, but in uh, a lot of things – I don't like the 49ers. I think that teams that lose, especially below the Super Bowl, they, they regress the next year. So I actually think the Jets would have a shot to beat them in the second week if it weren't for the uh, abbreviated preseason. Uh, but, Ralph, I just uh, – why do you like the Colts so much? I know they have a very good offensive line. Is it Phillip Rivers? I think – I love Frank Wright. I think he's a terrific coach, and I think he's got a quarterback who's uh, – experienced you know he's not as good as he once was and I you know I just feel uh, I just wanted to pick something different you know okay I I'm, I was never a Philip Rivers fan to be honest with you. I thought he was a very good quarterback I thought the Jets always had his number and That's true. Uh, yeah they always had his number and I, I I thought that one game where they were much better than the Patriots and the Patriots won in in, in San Diego it was so disappointing yeah, him though yeah, what you say, Ray? Speak up. That wasn't him, though. They uh, 
the the Chargers defense blew that one at the end with some stupid penalties when they had them stopped. I remember that game all too well. They, uh, the, if they hadn't lost their mind, they would have won that. <laughs> well, <laughs> you I literally remember. head-butted the, the guy and kept a drive alive that the Patriots scored on. Not only that, I, I remember one guy, I think he caught a pass or he ran with the ball. Nobody touched him. And, it. No, no. And then he just put it down like right. the play was over. And then <laughs> yeah. the, the Patriots picked it up. It was yeah. regular Patriot football. I, mean, <laughs> I remember the Damian Tomlinson was so upset after that game because he knew yeah. they were a better team. Oh, well, were, that's oh. why he became a Jet. He, uh, he wanted to punish himself. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. Uh, listen, guys, a couple of days, we're going to know where we're at. Hey, trivia, trivia, trivia. Oh, trivia. <laughs> I was faking you out, Ralph. Just yeah. <laughs> All right, repeat the question, yeah. and um, – I'll have Ray go first because I have no idea what to do. Go ahead. How many? How many? How many years? Different years have the Jets made the playoffs? Ray, first of all, what do you say? In their I wanted years to say, jeez, um, oh, I'm I'm going to say only about twelve. What do you say, Marty? I'm going to say nine. Wow, it's fourteen. Wow. Okay, now here's the backup question. Of the original eight AFL teams, all came in the same year, plus Dallas and, and Minnesota, who came in the same year. That's 10 teams. Where do the Jets rank as far as the amount of times they've made the playoffs? One through 10, what would you say? I'm afraid to answer this. I'll say seventh. What do you that, say, Ray? That was my guess, seventh. 10. And it's not even close. <laughs> the second closest is Buffalo and the Chargers at 19. So, so long-suffering Jet fans, we have a legitimate case. Ooh. That's a great question. Okay, for Ralph Sharega, Ray Clifford, and Marty Shupak, we're signing off now for Jets Rewind. Enjoy the Jets as they beat Buffalo for four quarters. <laughs>